flames are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Shrine.com and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and with me, as always, is the Infallible Rob. Nice. I like Infallible. That's good. And I'm lying, but I figured what the heck. Start the show on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, anyway, folks, we're so glad you're here. This is a really special episode for us. This is is a first, actually, on the Fire and Water podcast. Um, And actually, Rob, why don't you tell us why? Uh, yeah, well, this episode is we're going to break from our kind of typical format where Shag and I just uh, antagonize each other for 35, <laughs> 35 minutes or so, and then we do a funny commercial break, and then we read fair to middling reviews of past episodes. Um, this is going to feature <laughs> – this is going to feature – this episode is featuring a, an interview, and it's not an interview that we did specifically for Fire and Water. It's an interview I did with the legendary – and that's not even a big enough word for him – Nick Cardi. Uh, who, of course, drew Aquaman in the early 60s and was the guy who designed such characters as Mira, Black Mana, Ocean Master, Aqua Girl. I mean, he really made huge contributions to the Aquaman legend. And um, I interviewed Nick uh, around August of 2011 in preparation for the Aquaman 70th birthday post, where um, you know I had obviously wanted to get his a quote from him because he's such a le- huge figure in Aquaman history. And um, because Nick is something like 90 years old, he doesn't really do computers, which, you know, that's understandable. So um, thanks to a mutual friend, um, Eric Nolan uh, Worthington, um, he got me Nick's phone number. And he had he called Nick and, and told Nick, you know, hey, this guy, Rob Kelly from the Alchemist Shrine, wants to talk to you. Is that okay? And Nick graciously said yes. So I called Nick. Uh, I should call him Mr. Cardi. And um, I really – you know, didn't want to take up too much of his time. I just wanted to kind of get like a couple sentences from him about his history of you know, working on Aquaman. And what I got <laughs> instead 
was almost an hour's worth of incredible, funny, stream-of-consciousness Nick Cardi stories. Um, only a, a little bit of which are about comics, <laughs> and, even, and, and even less of less of which are about Aquaman. Um, but I enjoyed them so much. I, I was I did them uh, over the phone, um, which is why the audio will sound a little funny uh, because uh, we were I was talking to Nick over speakerphone and just sort of recording it in the open air. But uh, as the interview was was going on, you know, Nick kept saying, "Oh, I know, I'm I'm boring you," I'm, and I kept saying, "No, no, 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 you're not boring me. You're really not." So he kept talking. And I just recorded the whole thing. And um, like I said, we ended up talking for almost an hour, out of which I pulled two sentences <laughs> for the post. <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to use this interview just because I was, I'm, I was and am utterly charmed by Mr. Cardi. I'm a huge fan of his work. And I just thought it was too good to not, you know, like present. I mean, he tells stories about his art. He talks stories about working on Aquaman. Uh, he talks about Ramona Freyden. He talks about his experiences in the war. Um, and I just thought they were too fun to not ever include. And so I talked to Shag, and, and Shag agreed with me that we could make this kind of like, a, a, you know, a sort of special episode of Fire and Water where we, we're just going to run this interview. Um, and, uh, and and so that's what you're going to hear. Um, so, Shag, are you a fan of uh, Nick Carty? <laughs> Am I a fan of Nick Cardi? Wow, that was some great fumfering there. <laughs> so, have we never talked about this? He is my absolute favorite Aquaman cover artist. Um, it, it's it's not that every one of his covers were 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 the best, but the ones that he there's just certain ones that are my favorite Aquaman covers of all time. Um, there's three that jump right to mind. There's there's the it's issue number forty two. It's the Black Mana cover, where Black Mana's holding Aquaman over his head, and it says, "Is this my foe?" And the Aquaman logo's gone, and it's just it's uh, Black Mana standing on these rocks that are in the shape of the word Aquaman. It's just incredible, especially for the time it came out in '68. I mean, it was just incredible. That is probably there, one of the single finest comic book covers. Period. Oh, it's awesome. There's another one of my favorites is, is just because I'm and I'm sorry if I'm eating up air talking about this I just have to. Um, this one's hysterical. It, it is an absolute riot. Aquaman's hanging upside down from a pier, and it's a perspective shot. You're looking down from the water up at Aquaman, and you see these gangsters up above him. They're like, "Don't worry, Aquaman. The tide'll be up in about an hour." You know, Aquaman. Like, <laughs> if I don't have water, I die in two minutes. I've always loved that that sixty minute dead stop death thing. You know, it's like perfectly healthy and dead. I have to stop you and say I love your monster voice. You like that? I do. And then uh, my third favorite, which is actually the cover that I, I think I've told you this story before, but how I started collecting Aquaman. I was looking for. A buddy of mine, uh, goes by Ravenface, was a huge Legion of Superheroes fan, and he was having so much fun buying up Silver Age issues of Legion of Superheroes. I was jealous. I wanted to find my own Silver Age niche. I was like, well, I want to – this is in the 90s when comic book back issue hunting was, was still fun. Uh, I was like, I, I want to find something to collect. You know, I was like, you know, I was like, wow, that looks like so much fun to find Silver Age gems. And I, I had kind of been an Aquaman fan. We've talked about it. But anyway, I stumbled across the cover of Aquaman number 56, <laughs> and it's, it's a cityscape. It coming up out of a, a bay is this huge, like, sludge monster. And Aquaman's, for no apparent reason, flying through the air at the sludge monster. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, too. In big letters, the creature that devoured Detroit. It's like, this was the ridiculous greatest cover ever. And uh, I was sold. And from that moment on, I was, you know, I was already an Aquaman fan. This made me a diehard Aquaman fan. 
and that's a gorgeous Nick Cardi piece, and it turned out to be the last issue of that of that Aquaman run. So I'm really glad they went out on that note. But anyway, huge Nick Cardi fan. I, I went around when I was working at the comic book shop in the '90s. I would preach to people when they talk about great artists. You know, everyone was talking about you know old school artists. They talk about Neil Adams. They talk about Jim Aparo and all the stuff. I'm like, guys, Nick Cardi, and, and most of them didn't know who he was. And I was like, he's the next big retro artist that's going to break. You know, I thought it was surely it was just a matter of time until he became like the most celebrated '60s '70s artist of all. And uh, I don't think it necessarily took. But he's certainly appreciated more now than he was back then, and he, he so deserves it. I met him at a convention one time. He was so nice. We just sat and chatted for a few minutes, and, you know, he didn't have to spend any time with me. But he, he did because he just – we were being friendly. Great guy. Great artwork. And uh, sorry I rambled on so long. I, 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 I got all verklempt about him. No, I mean, not, not at all. I mean, I mean, I could – you and I could definitely fill a whole hour show of just us talking about how much we like Nick. And like I said, I was so charmed by this interview – and, and, you know, as we were recording it, um, Darlin Tracy was in the house, and she's not familiar with Nick Cardi, but she fell in love with him just listening to him. Aww. Because she just thought he was so cute. So she just kept telling stories and being self-deprecating. And, and every time he kept asking, um, you know, am I, wait, am, I, am I talking your ear off, I kept saying no. And then I would look to Tracy, and she would do that stretch thing that sign that they do like basically you know get him to keep talking you know because she's enjoying it so much so uh he could have kept going but i just felt bad you know i was like wow the guy's 90 years old i don't want him to waste any more of his time talking to me um and and um so 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 that's pretty much what you're gonna hear um like i said this sounds a little rough and and um i am just laughing like a hyena throughout at all of nick's stories um, I'm not humoring Nick. I'm genuinely laughing because I just was so charmed that I'm talking to like one of my artistic heroes and that, you know, he's, he's spending this time with me. I, I was just so floored by that. So, um, we hope you enjoy this interview and, um, it runs about 40 minutes or so. And then, uh, after that, Shag and I will be back to wrap the show up. Um, so, uh, go ahead and, and listen and, uh, bask in the awesomeness that is Nick Cardi. Oh, no, not at all. Natural history.
rhinoceros is herbivorous. They don't eat meat. He says, what are you trying to do? Ruin my life here? <laughs> the next scene is, uh, Congo Bill says, why don't you have, we can't get across the, the plane right now. Why don't you jump on the hyena? It's the fastest animal in the jungle and get help. And I went to the guy, I said, you know, <laughs> the hyena isn't the fastest animal, you know, it's a cheater. And he said, you again, Jesus Christ. And I got all the lousy mail because I didn't know anything about animals. <laughs> so uh, it, 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 it pays to do your research. So when it gets to, to the, uh, the fish and Aquaman, <coughs> excuse me, it was interesting for me to, to draw it. And after doing about 56 copies from Aquaman, I went to Teen Titans. Right. And from Teen Titans to Batlash. Now, with, with <laughs> this is a tongue-in-cheek tactic. When I got through doing Aquaman, uh, I'm so glad I got out of the water. It's been <laughs> so long. <laughs> And the 
other example of that, uh, uh, where I was working, I had a, a couple of agents, and they had this guy that was a fantastic photographer, and he, fought, uh, he uh, well, not a photographer, he painted cars, and he did them better than a photographer, so he did this big Cadillac, and then from that they had an artist do a building, Italian building, uh, a small one, you know, because, and then they had another artist do the figures, a uh, man and a woman near the balcony, and and all the other stuff that went around it. But then when they showed it to the client, GM, he came in and says, I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He said, but, don't ever question a but. Those are things you cause more problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he but he says, could you turn the car just a little to the right? <laughs> uh, these guys are idiots. They don't have any conception of art. <laughs> and, and their favorite color is green. They <laughs> don't know what other colors are. Green. Well, anyway, you bump into that. But sometimes you get, I used to work with Carmine, and he gave me all the leeway I wanted. He liked my work. I respected him. And he figured he gave me credit for that. Now, with Aquaman, I I innovated a lot of things. I did uh, with the the the, the, uh, the the animals were the actual animals that I uh, or the fish that I used. And uh, no, I I enjoyed Aquaman, uh, but after a while, uh, you get waterlogged, you know. Oh, sure, sure. And so, I, don't forget, I did about. Uh, I stopped at about 40 issues where I did the issues. I penciled and inked my own stuff. I never had anybody ink it because when I do a rough a pencil, I may be three lines for a, a leg and an arm or so. And when a guy inks it, he doesn't know which line to follow. And sometimes when I ink it, I go between the lines of, you know, how, I, how it looks. In, in a, and uh, so... I really enjoyed that. It was uh, 36 or 37 issues, or maybe 40 or 45. And at 56, I just did the covers. They had somebody right, doing right. Uh, the Aquaman. And, uh, uh, but by that time, they had asked me about the characters in the different books. So then your, your characters uh, just wane because... Uh, you have to sp you have to spend time doing some other, but I really enjoyed it, and I like Ramona Freighton. I think she. Oh yeah. Uh, not only uh, was she a good artist, but f for a woman to go into one of these places, it's uh, sending them in a tiger tank. <laughs> All the guys, uh, they show that they have three or four arms. You know what I mean? When a girl comes in. Uh, right alert, it's mating time, and they go out and they start passing, they touch this, it's a wonder the woman is you know? And, and so, and I give her a lot of credit for that. Oh, I mean, I, you know, one of the things that's that's been a remarkable about to be an Aquaman fan is that he has, the character has benefited from a series of really great artists. I mean, to go from, to go from Ramona Freighton to you to then Jim Aparo is, yeah. is you know, that's like three just you know you guys are just some of the best people that that ever did comic books and for to, to have one character have all three of you in succession is amazing uh, what, what is your first name rob rob well rob i'll tell you 
before Neil Adams came in, and I know Neil Adams, he's a good artist, but we made, when the heroes were made, they weren't mean, they were kindly, they, mm -hmm. they were helpful to people. But when you got to Batman and uh, Superman, they all had this anger in their faces. They always <laughs> had these snarls. They were fighting too hard, and they looked like they were mean. You know? Yeah, but yeah. But we didn't have that. I, I try to show compassion, uh, and, and uh, you know, because these were kids. You know, they're, they're mainly around the teens, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and you have uh, f fans that, you know, relate to these things, but uh, 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 that's the only gripe I had, because those are mainly made for kids. And it's uh, like Steve McQueen, uh, when he did that car chase in a police movie. Oh, Bullet. A Bullet. That was such a, had such an effect on all these other companies, and I figured, well... Instead, instead of having it, it was such a money maker that instead of having it with one car, they're going to have 20 cars blow up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to do it quickly. So, uh, and, and so the books that are now aren't for kids. No, no. Most, most of the books are made now. They're made with the eye toward the movies. Yeah. And in the old days... There was a, a guy that was a manager of the art department in D.C. that when the pages came in, I went into the supply room to get some. I went there to clean up my work. By cleaning up the work was if it goes over the edges and they put the balloons in and the drawings weren't up to it, that sort of thing. Right. And while I was there, they had all these originals up the wall, you know, about four feet high. And there was this big uh, cardboard drum that had these, like, wire things that you take the top off, whatever it was. And there was the guy that was a manager of this uh, the, the, the outfit. He was taking these pages that were small, all originals, and he was tearing them in half, throwing them in a bucket. He was just tearing throwing them in a bucket. Uh. And so it reminded me, because I was in the war, and... Uh, 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 and it reminded me of these guys at the concentration camp. They just kill people just like that, you know? And uh, so uh, when he left, I got there, and I took out my bat lash and whatever I had, you know? Yeah. Oh. And, uh, and then later they changed everything. But uh, are you hearing more than you wanted to hear? Oh, no. <laughs> no, this is, no, this is great. Like I said, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to transcribe it, and I'm going to just sort of... Uh, take out, pick out, pick out what you want. Yeah, and then we'll put it in. So um, I, I will. Um, um, is there a way of me getting? A, I know it's all. A, I don't have a computer. I'm, I'm still on the tailgate of a covered wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't caught the rocket yet. Because if I get a computer, the, the last time I, I, I used to, uh, I was uh, uh, doing a story, and it was a thin man conversation because you'd seen it before so you hear conversation then the, the thin man decides uh, to go out with the dog to do some research and then you hear say come on Esther and then you hear the footsteps and the, uh, the guy says so where do you want to go and so so you know it's a cabbie and this you're just hearing you know see 
and then they go to another place, and you hear a door open, and says, come on, Cass, you know, and you hear all the sound, you say, what the hell's going on? And you hear footsteps going up the stairs, down the stairs, digging, so you stop from the table, and once you go into the living room to see what that is, you're stuck, you can't go back. <laughs> The, the collection? No, uh, this is the one of the war stories. Did you see it? Uh, 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 my agent uh, uh, passed by, and she saw my uh, sketchbooks during the war. During the war, I had about uh, 13 or uh, quite a few 3 by 5 sketch pads with spirals on them, and I put them in my duffel bag. I always had them in my pocket with a fountain. And as I went along, I did little sketches of all these things. So she saw them, she put them in a book. And the title of the book is Nick Carty, Artist at War. And it shows all these, uh, she shows the whole pad sketch in a pad. You can see where it's maybe torn or whatever it is. You know, uh, when they pull it off the rings, they sort of had that jagged edge on them. And, uh, uh, but it came out Memorial Day. so. Absolutely, yeah. I have, um, I have one of your other books. Um, actually, you and I met um, at almost uh, well, like twelve years ago at the San Diego Comic Con. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You you did an Aquaman sketch for me, oh, and really? oh, and you were you were sitting right next to Ramona. So I, I did oh, I, I got you you did one, and then I just moved right over and got the other one from Ramona. You know. Let me just grab a pen. 
It's just, well, it's just on the internet, but yeah. what I, but what I can do is when the when the post is finished and and it's up and everything, what I can do is I can print it out because it has graphics and all the quotes. And I can print it oh. out and then I can I can it'll print out as like a couple of pages and right. then I can mail it to you and you can just take yeah. you can right. just get a look. So let me get your let me I have a pen. Let me get your mailing address and I will I will be thrilled to to mail it to you so you can see it. So what, what address should I send it to? Uh, yeah, the the post is gonna go. It's gonna go up on Sunday because that's the that's the day. And then as soon as it's, I will that day. I will print. Take your time. There's no rush. Okay, I will print it out and send it to you. Um, I am I am so. Uh, one other thing, I just wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, is um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. There are, there are things now we have called podcasts, which are basically just like the, a radio show, but on the oh. internet. Um. And I have a I have a podcast that's all about Aquaman. It's sort of you know related to the blog that I'm doing. And would you have a would would it be okay with you if I used um, part of this conversation on the show? Because like I said, I, I rec- I'm recording this to make sure I transcribe what you're saying correctly. Yeah, um, sure, sure. That would be okay. Okay, great. Because people would I mean people are going to be thrilled to to hear from you because you are. You know, you are such a legend and such a genius artist. I'm going to... Well, uh, I, I figured that uh, at my age, I'll be 92 in, oh. uh, in October. God bless you, and, sir. <laughs> and so I figured I did enough comics to, uh, uh, I think, do the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel <laughs> and one side wall. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I know. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, well, I've done almost anything. Right now, I'm, I'm putting up a new book, not comics, with all the humor stuff that I have done. Okay. And when I put out a book, they put out a book about the strips that I have done, and some were started but never printed or, you know, uh, produced. And for the cover, at that time, I was going to put I have to dig these things out. 
out. Right. And I, I didn't know if I was going to put Nick Hardy, what I found in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the drawings I had to dig up them from from shortly after the Civil War, you know? Wow. And, and so, and then at the end of the book, uh, I said, look what I found in the attic. And maybe at the end of the book, at the, on a card cover on the back, on the bottom, I says, but I still haven't looked under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, that's a little, maybe too corny, so I may look for something different later on. <laughs> I, uh, I can't wait to look at that book. I love comic yeah, comic strips, what, so... What, uh, Oh, no, 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 you're the... <laughs> because when I did, uh, when this book was coming out about the war book, it came out in the Celeste Memorial Day. It's about a month ago, not even. And uh, uh, my agent, uh, she let people know that this book was coming out. That's what an agent's supposed to do. See? So these people in Canada that have a radio show, it's called Where Monsters Dwell. Great name. That's a great name. Yeah, and so they called me, and the producer called me, and uh, he said, would you like to talk on our show? I said, oh, okay, that my agent suggested it. So I, I started talking, but sometimes when I talk, I don't stop. <laughs> if I stop, I forget what the hell I said. <laughs> it's like a, 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 the late action fuse is going off after you're gone. <laughs> storyteller. Yeah, well, uh, you want to hear one very yeah. quickly? Absolutely. Okay, all right. This is one that everybody, <laughs> when I went into the Army, uh, they put me in assistant tank driver. The guy drives a tank, and I'm his assistant. I watch him. <laughs> in other words, I'm taking a tour, and he's driving. Okay. 
So we're going through, uh, this is actual combat stuff, you know. So, uh, uh, so when we were changing, the whole company was changing positions uh, on the enemy and all that. We had done one, one job, now we were going someplace else. And he says, Nick, you go out and you drive the tank and you follow the guy in front of us. And when he stops, you stop. I said, okay. And uh, the levers on, on these tanks aren't like wheels. They have two levers. When you uh, pull back the, uh, uh, the left track, it closes the left track, and the right wheel keeps turning until it goes to the left. And then if you do that with the other one, it turns to the right. You see, it's, and so, but they're so wide, uh, there's an imaginary white line that you put there. You don't want to go too far over. So, well, anyway, I got in, I started the engine, and we carried infantry. They, a lot of guys came up and they climbed the tank and they sat on the back, you know, and we were going along. So after the first stop, I, I, I stopped the tank. And uh, because the guy in front stopped, but I, I saw more troopers coming, and they had their helmets, putting helmets on and their packs, and they're going up the front, and they go in the back. And I, uh, I figured, where the hell are we going to put all these guys? And I did the same thing on the next stop, and these guys kept coming up. And then the, after that, uh, my sergeant says, okay, and I cut the engines and cut the engines. So I got out. And I went to the, uh, there was a woods over there. I went there to relieve myself. And I came back. These guys were talking to my sergeant, some of the guys that were on the back, you know, the, the infantry. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I said, hey, Tommy, what's going on? He says, you know what you did? I says, what? He says, well, you were driving. And, but you were driving so close to the trees on the right side that brushed these guys off. <laughs> they kept running, chasing after you, so you get out of the tank. <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought there were more infantry coming. And when I stopped and I went to the woods, they were taking it out on Tommy. They thought he was a driver. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's one of, one of the things. But uh, usually... Uh, No, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you imagine uh, these guys. I, I didn't hear anything. When the guys, the guys fall off, those <laughs> tanks make so much noise. Sure, and, yeah. And they're so wide that I figured I don't want to go up near the woods because those trees are just coming out. So you go, you want to have enough room for uh, 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 the other traffic going the other way. Sure. And
Nick Tardy's the guy without a shirt. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't me. I was taking a photograph. It was another guy in my company. Oh. <laughs> and so then there was another photograph of me holding a BAR. You know the BAR? It's, it's like uh, a, um, a lighter machine gun, not with the big barrel, and it has two little legs in the front strapped on, and they're folded back so you could carry it as a, a gun or lay down prone on the ground. Oh, okay. And uh, so they said, here's Nick Hardy going through bayonet practice. Well, you don't put bayonets on those things. <laughs> <laughs> and so little mistakes that they make. But uh, uh, a few people liked it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the book right now. I see an article online about the book, and uh, I'm going to go out and get it. It looks really interesting. Uh, uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, you, did you, could you see it online? Yeah. Oh, the, the, oh. The, the cover and a couple of drawings. Oh, oh well. Well, uh, <coughs> on with the book, taped inside is an interview with me. But if you're expecting the guy that's the looker on the cover, forget it. <laughs> that was me when I was 24 years old with a mustache. And, and that, that in those days, Errol Flynn and all the movie actors had mustaches. Clark Gable, no, a movie actor uh, that was a lead man uh, didn't have one, you know. Uh, and uh, so I followed the time. And uh, so uh, then later on, they showed uh, pictures, you know. But, uh, but now, uh, at 92, I think there's a little difference when you're 92 and <laughs> 24. So just think of a Buddha. <laughs> That's whenever I see Carmine Infantino sitting. He looks like this Buddha sitting there. And uh, all you have to do is drop some incense in his lap. You're all set, you know. Your hero too. <laughs> oh, it was it was delightful to talk to you, sir. Uh, I'm. If you get in touch with uh, Ramona, say hi for me. If you I, I I will, and I said I will. Um, once this goes out, I will um, print it all out and send it to you. And I cannot thank you enough for being part of this. It was wonderful to talk to you, and it's going to mean so much to have you as part of this. Uh, do you uh, do you print? Yeah, the whole website is devoted to Aquaman, yeah. Yeah, and uh, do you show illustrations and things like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just wondering. It's interesting, yeah. Okay, well, then I won't, uh, uh, if I sit here, I'm relaxing, you see. But I'm, I'm, I have to get all, all my books, and the second book is going to be all humor, no comics. Right. Because uh, uh, most of the stuff and the paintings I did were in that, uh, the art of McCarty, the, the last book that came out in 08. Right, I have that one. Oh, yeah? Do you like it? Oh, I love it. Oh, are you kidding? I love it. <laughs> well, the thing with that is that uh, they had, uh, one of the things with that book, at the end of the book, they showed a picture of my son. And my son had... Uh, my uh, late wife asked me to make a drawing of my son to put it in. And while I was drawing that, he passed away. So uh, when the reviews went to the Cleveland uh, Plain Dealer, one of those big papers, they said, oh, the book, a 
got to get that book here. You know, you'll like it, this and that. Too bad he passed away earlier this year. Uh, <laughs> and they must have that picture for me of my son. And I kept getting uh, uh, condolences from Hawaii. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then and, and I, I, I answered uh, in the old Mark Twain, the, the rumors of my death were greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, they, they back next uh, uh, column, they back, you know. Corrected it. But, uh, well, anyway, it's an interesting life because you, you're not the only nut in the business. I would love to talk to you again in, in a longer form uh, because you are d wonderfully entertaining and you tell great stories. And uh, like I said, I'm, I've been a huge fan ever since I was a kid and, and saw your Aquaman comics and all the stuff you've done, Teen Titans, Batlash, and all those covers you did. did so, you like Batlash? Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved Batlash. I could stare at the, the Batlash stuff all day. It's beautiful. Those well, covers. I, I did uh, – in this book, there's a sequence – when I did it, the, uh, uh, Joe Orlando, who was the editor at that time, and, uh, uh, oh, who was the guy that said wrote it? I didn't even know he wrote it. Uh, um, was, it was Sergio Aragones, was he writing it? Uh, well, when he came to the office at D.C., he met Joe Orlando, and they were all buddies because they worked together on Mad Magazine. Right. And they were always saying, oh, you're a nice guy. And, and they were partying around just by themselves wherever they went. And he did some stick figures for a Batlash because he couldn't write, you know. And so I didn't know he drew it. Later on in mag uh, magazine articles, uh, Joe Orlando in Art Magazine, Joe Orlando says, uh, Nick Cardi made him too funny. We don't want them too funny. And uh, when I was on a panel with uh, Sergio, uh, it was the first time I've ever been on a panel, and he says, yeah, well, uh, you, you made him too humorous, and uh, I don't like Indians being exploited. Well, the only Indians I did on the cover, they were just walking by. I, they weren't even in the story. <laughs> they were just going by the, uh, the tombstones. Right, where he's hiding behind the tombstone, yeah. Yeah, and so... Uh, and he never, uh, so in, in uh, there was a no-no that most writers avoid. It's when they show a little child getting killed. You're right? You see, uh, any movie, no matter how bad it is, they hate to show a child being right. killed. Right, And so uh, with uh, the child in Batlash number two was a book that I wrote, is that... Uh, uh, she's standing to get a doll at the tombstone after the Indians go by, but the villains shoot her. But she isn't dead because her father was a marshal, and he was killed <coughs> by these same villains. And before he went out to meet them, he took a cigar case that had all the evidence against these people. He put it in a cigar case, he took off the head of the doll, which was on a string or of a string. He put the cigar case in the body, and he put the doll head back. He said, don't let anybody take this. So when they 
then when he saw her dead, his eyes widened up, and I put her head as the pupils of his eyes. And he got angry, started shooting everybody, you see. Mm-hmm. And then she says, oh, they killed my doll. So you knew she was awake. Right. So I had to put humor in to break break that, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, so because I had to make it right. And uh, so, oh, you got company. <laughs> <laughs> my dog does and not always. I talked to him. The dog knows when he was too long on the line and yeah. he starts scratching on the door, he wanted to go out. <laughs> so he said, Nick, I have to go. My dog wants to go out. So your dog is giving you notice. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch up next time. Uh, she, yeah, she, she doesn't like it when I don't pay attention to her for too long yeah, a time. Well, so. so, Okay, take care. What, what's your last name now? Kelly. My name is Rob Kelly. Except, and I will I will send you the, 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 the printout of this post uh, as soon as it goes up. That's the second Kelly. There's another guy, Kelly, here on the coast. He's We're everywhere. Named, what? We're everywhere. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, it's just like I, I when I was in Hillsdale many years ago with my, uh, when I, I married, I went to live, we spent the, uh, the summers up at her father's place in Michigan. And so we went to the grocery store, and this guy says, hey, you're in New York City. He says, boy, you must know my, you must know my niece. Uh, who, uh, her name is Maggie Smith. And uh, you live in New York City. Maybe you know her, M- Maggie Smith. How many Smiths are there? <laughs> <laughs> this guy had no idea. Eight million people, you know. <laughs> I says, well, I may have bumped it. You can't, there's certain people you can't talk to them because they don't understand. If you try to explain it and you argue with them, they still won't know what you're talking about because right. they can't envision what you vision. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you <laughs> you have a, a, a man crossing the street, he's dropping a coat to cover these uh, the water so these women can walk the street <laughs> across without getting their feet wet. You can't tell them the whole street is full of holes that aren't that shallow. <laughs> This is this is the highlight of my week, Mr. Cardi. I, I am so thrilled that I got to talk to you, and I'm, I, I really have to thank um, Eric for, for checking with you first and, make sure and, get, and get me your phone number. I really, really appreciate this. Okay. You take care of yourself. All right. I'll be in touch, sir. Thank you. How old are you now? I'm 40. All right. 40. You know what happens? My writer that wrote the book one time, I, call, I called him, and he sounded like us. Not, not yet, not yet. Uh, okay. But the, the main thing is, 
this advice from a guy uh, that sort of uh, made it long. Uh, as long as I stay away from a wheelchair, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, stress takes off years of your life. Yeah. And uh, try to avoid it if you can. Doing my best. Uh, that's the way to do it. Alrighty. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. And like I said, um, I'll be in touch with the with the. I'll send you the. Uh, yeah, I'll send you the uh, the post-it so you can see what it looks like, and it, it's going to just be so much better because you're going to be part of it. So I thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for listening. All right, thanks, sir. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and uh, thank you. I'm laughing because uh, Shag just gave me a funny countdown. Um, <laughs> it's the final countdown. <laughs> I would uh, I would drop that song in the background, except probably now I'd get sued by Marvel or Disney or somebody. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was our talk with uh, my talk with Nick Cardi. I hope you all enjoyed it. Like I said, it was very rambling. Um, you'll notice at the beginning of the interview that it it sort of just starts with Nick already talking. That's because Nick didn't give me a chance to start to hit the record button. <laughs> he just started talking. <laughs> I had to catch up. So uh, you, you really didn't miss anything. You missed about like probably 10 seconds of an introductory sentence, and then he went off. So, um, but, the, but that's how, why it starts the way it does. So um, anyway, that was our that's – that's, that's Nick. He's great. He offered, as you hear in the, the interview, he offered to talk with me again. And I certainly want to take him up on that. Um, because I can't email him, I have to just kind of call him out of the blue, which is hard for me to get the guts up to do. <laughs> I don't want to bother him. But I, I do want to do that one day and have like a very long-form interview with him and talk more about his comics career. Um, one little anecdote that I have about Nick is the, the only time I ever met him was at the uh, 1998 uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I mentioned this a little bit in the, in the interview as well. Uh, and I asked him, you know, he created, as Shag mentioned in the in the intro, some of you know the really amazing comic book covers and 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 ones that were very anti-commercial. I mean, the ones where Aquaman—that's uh, the one that Shag specifically mentioned, number forty-two, where Black Mana is standing on top of the Aquaman logo, which is at the bottom of the book, it was very you know very anti-commercial. And I asked him, "Did you ever get any grief from Carmine Infantino, who was running DC at the time, from any of those covers?" Because they, they're very, you know, sort of like just very anti-traditional. And he goes, oh, heck no. Back then, they were so desperate for people to work in comics, they let me do whatever I want. <laughs> and I just thought about that. Just think about the implications of that there was a time in the comic book world where you could pretty much do what you wanted because they had – they couldn't find enough people to work in the business. And that's I, amazing. I said, Nick, that was truly the golden age of comics. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like that's just amazing. So um, – you know, like I said, so I, I hope you all enjoyed it and, and, and uh, you know, enjoyed this little uh, special little side road that we took here on the Fire and Water podcast. I think, I think this was super cool, Rob. I think it's great that you got a chance to talk to him. And I'm really glad we got to put it on the show because, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you and I love, you know, and it, it fits perfectly in with, I think, our, the format of our show. It may not be what we've done on previous shows, but, you know, it's all in, it's all in, the, all in, the, all in the, the farm there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so. Um, so, um, the only, one other thing I wanted to mention is, um, uh, I, I mentioned also in the interview that I was going to print out the, um, the Aquaman 70th birthday post and mail it to Nick. And just so everybody knows, I did. 
<laughs> I did it the very next day. I printed it out. I think when I printed it out, it came out at like 25 pages or something. Oh, God. <laughs> so I used up a printer cartridge on that one. But I did, in fact, mail it. In fact, the only edit in the interview was when Nick gives me his, his address. I took that part out because obviously I don't want people, you know, groupies showing up at his door. Um, and uh, But I did mail it to him. So he does have it, and he got to see that, you know, he was part of this very long uh, 70th birthday tribute. And it wouldn't have been a real tribute without uh, him involved. So I'm so so proud that he was involved in that and I'm glad, they, glad that they, he was willing to talk to me. Um, so uh, I guess that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode. Shag, uh, what, what should we uh, end the episode with? Well, I mean, let's just tell people where they can find us. Um, you can find Firestorm Fan at firestormfan.com. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook with the same name as well. Uh, Aquaman Shrine can be found at the Aquaman at www.aquamanshrine.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, you can also find my other uh, nonsense at uh, <laughs> robkellyillustration.blogspot.com, and of course acekilroy.com, which is my uh, online daily comic strip. Fantastic. Well, folks, um, coming up in future episodes, we'll be recovering uh, Firestorm and Aquaman number six. Looking forward to that. Did you say we'll be recovering? It sounded like you said we'll be recovering. Well, we're going to recover a chair. We're actually going to buy multiple copies of the comics, and we're going to use some paper mache, and we're going to recover a chair. But Ooh, that's all. Etsy, here we come. Exactly. It's going to be really cool, guys. You're going to want to buy that. Um, so, And then, uh, you know, we've got a few other fun things in the work, a few other different things. So watch for those. And until next time, fan the flame and ride the wave, folks. Rob, well, say goodnight. Good night, Rob. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land. Friends forever. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. I can't. <laughs>